Your Honor, I want to start with the question. What is the value of a human life? What is the value of the life of a 16-year-old girl with her life ahead of her? What is the value of a life of a seven-year-old boy with special needs? What is the value of the life of a mother and a grandmother? No matter how we look at what we are doing here today, we are calculating and assigning a value to the lives of Tylee Ryan, J.J. Vallow, and Tammy Daybell. The defendant, now a convicted murderer, by her heinous and egregious acts, has assigned a value of zero to each of these lives. The sentence imposed by the court today will represent the value that our community through our court places on the lives of these three victims. To the people of Idaho, this day should be more about the victims than the defendant. This court has multiple factors it must consider today, including the sentencing factors found in Idaho Code 19-2521. Justice requires the court to view all of the factors it will consider through the lives or through the lens of the value of the lives of Tylee, JJ, and Tammy. We echo the sentiments made by the victims uh, or in the victim impact statements. And we just briefly uh, speak about these immediate victims. Tylee Ryan was born on September 24th of 2002. She was murdered between September 8th and 9th of 2019. People who knew her called her witty, charming, intelligent. She'd received her GED in order to graduate early. We know she often cared for her brother. In evidence, we, in evidence, we had videos of her with him and she would call him my JJ. She loved Hawaii, she loved the beach. She had friends and family who loved her very much on both her father and her mother's side. Her father was Joseph Ryan, who predeceased her in 2018. Her older brother is Colby Ryan, with whom she shared a special bond. After Joseph Ryan died, Tylee, as this court knows, was the recipient of uh, Social Security benefits. And she actually shared a lot of those with her brother Colby, because that's the type of person she was. In serving search warrants, we accessed her Instagram account, where we learned that she was intensely loyal to her own mother. From her finances, we know she was a typical teenager. She liked to have fun. She was also independent and responsible. JJ Vallow was born May 25th of 2012, and he was murdered between September 22nd and 23rd of 2019. As we heard earlier, he was initially born as Kanan Todd Trahan in less than ideal circumstances and was initially raised by his grandparents. He was then adopted by the defendant and her husband, Charles Vallow. He was loved by his family and friends. He loved to travel. Tammy Daybell was born May 4th, 1970, and she was murdered on October 19th, 2019. She was a mother of five children and she's now a grandmother. She was a school librarian and educator we know from her phone and from witnesses, she loved her children intensely. She was physically active and she was kind. 
this court laid out the procedural history of the case. I'm just going to briefly touch on a on some some dates that are important to the state and we think are important in terms of sentencing. The defendant met Chad Daybell in October of 2018, and within a year, her husband Charles Vallow was dead, her children was dead, children were dead, and her boyfriend's wife was dead. In late August, early September of 2019, the defendant moved to Rexburg with Tylee and JJ and her co-conspirator and brother Alex Cox. Tylee was last seen on September 8th, 2019, and JJ was last seen September 22nd, 2019. Tammy Daybell was last seen on October 19th. On November 5th, barely more than two weeks after Tammy was murdered, this defendant married her co-conspirator, Chad Daybell. November of 2019, Rexburg police were contacted regarding a Jeep that was involved in a shooting in Maricopa County, Arizona. Later that month, JJ Vallow was reported missing and then investigation was furthered into Tammy's death and law enforcement became aware that Tylee was missing. On December 12th, Tammy Daybell was exhumed. The next day, Alex Cox, one of the defendant's co-conspirators died in, Mar in Arizona. At the end of that December, the search for the children became public and there was no response from the defendant or her co-conspirator. In January of 2020, the defendant was served with an order to produce children and there was no response. Charges were filed for abandonment of minor children. And I wanna be clear, the defendant had a right to silence. She did not have a right to disobey the order of the court to produce the bodies of her children. The Rexburg Police, the Fremont County Sheriff's Department, the FBI, and the Idaho Attorney General's Office devoted thousands of hours of work into looking for Tylee and JJ and to investigating the death of Tammy Daybell. On June 9th, 2020, Tylee and JJ were found in the defendant's husband's backyard. On May 24th of 2021, the defendant was indicted by a grand jury for the crimes of conspiracy to commit first degree murder of Tylee Ryan and grand theft by deception, the murder of Tylee Ryan, the conspiracy to commit murder, first degree murder of JJ Vallow and grand theft by deception, the murder of JJ Vallow, the conspiracy to commit murder of Tammy Daybell and grand theft. And the defendant was convicted by a jury of her peers in Ada County on all counts on May 12th of this year. This court is required to uh, consider the factors in Idaho Code 19-2521 subparent A in sentencing. And that particular statute reads, the goals of sentencing include the primary consideration of the protection of society, followed by the possibility of risk reduction through rehabilitation, deterrence of the individual and the public generally, and punishment or retribution for wrongdoing and the impact on the victim. I wanna talk about protection of society. This defendant has proven by her actions that she is dangerous to society. In Idaho alone, she was involved with three murders in a space of six weeks. While she's not convicted yet, I think the court can acknowledge that she faces 
two charges of conspiracy to commit first degree murder in Maricopa County. Two of the murders in Idaho were her own children. This defendant violated the most sacred trust that exists in society, that between a mother and her children. And she did it for gain. She did it for money. A defendant who is willing to murder her own children is willing to murder anyone. Society can only be protected from this defendant by a life sentence without the chance of parole. There is no indication that upon murdering for financial gain that she feels any remorse. The amount of murders in her ledger show us she will seek to obtain money to murder again if released. And again, only a sentence of life without parole will satisfy the court's mandate to protect society. Courts required to consider risk reduction through rehabilitation. And it's tempting to just say, there's no rehabilitation possible. What is rehabilitation? It's the process of restoring a person to normal and a constructive place in society. Some, but some crimes render a criminal unable to fully be rehabilitated as a function member, functioning member of society. Some crimes are so heinous that you simply lose your place among the rest of us. Killing your own children and your boyfriend's wife are these types of crimes. Rehabilitation requires remorse and acceptance of responsibility. And there is literally zero evidence that this defendant feels remorse or responsibility for her crimes. Uh, the court heard victims talk about her behavior at trial. And I think that was an indicator that she lacks remorse, that she lacks accountability. The only way to rehabilitate this defendant at any level is to make her face the consequences of her heinous crimes that she has committed. And that is only possible through a sentence of life in prison without any chance, without any chance of release. This court is required to consider deterrence of the individual and the public. Again, deterrence requires accountability. She has none. One thing that has been so shocking about these crimes is where it happened. Fremont and Madison County, Idaho. These are fairly rural areas. These are low crime areas. And I would note that this defendant, despite being labeled oftentimes by the media as a Rexburg, Idaho mother, is not a Rexburg, Idaho mother. She's not from Rexburg. She actually spent very little time here before she was arrested. And our community was left reeling by these crimes. The sentence that the court imposes today will be a message. And these, the citizens of these two counties have a right to the message, don't come here and commit these crimes. The citizens of these counties don't live these type of lives. And we don't want people to come here and commit these crimes. And this court has a responsibility to send that message, to give a sentence that gives that deterrence. It's the state's position that only a sentence of life without parole will send the proper message of deterrence, both to this defendant and the public. And in, in the in line with deterrence, if, if these crimes don't 
merit that type of sentence. The state's unaware of what kind of crimes would. Finally, the court is required to consider punishment and retribution and the impact on the victim. The obvious impact of the defendant's crimes against Tyree Ryan, J.J. Vallow, and Tammy Daybell was death. And we can't ask Tylee, JJ, and Tammy about that experience because they're gone. They don't have a voice. We can't ask them what it felt like to be murdered. We can't ask them about the impact of their last moments. We have to instead look at the evidence and glean what we can regarding the impact of the murder of Tylee, JJ, and Tammy. This court sat through a trial. This court uh, saw the same evidence that the state saw, that the defendant saw, the jury saw. This court was the custodian of that. And so this court has seen how horrific these crimes were. And I wanna talk individually about the impact of these crimes on these, on these victims. So what was the impact on Tylee? We don't even know how she died. And why is that? Because her body was mutilated, it was dismembered, and it was burnt beyond recognition. We only know for a surety that it was her because of DNA testing. Her body, body was utterly destroyed, and she was buried in a pet cemetery next to animals. Her skull was literally separated from her body and was destroyed in such a manner, we couldn't even tell 100% from dental records if it was her. The defendants put her body in a green bucket that melted from the heat of her burning flesh and put it on top of her skull in a pet cemetery. The impact of this crime on this victim was horrendous. We know she had puncture wounds in her pelvis. And we know from the testimony of Dr. Christensen at trial that those puncture wounds were received at or near the time of death. And they were consistent with stabbing, but not consistent with dismemberment. Again, the impact of the murder of Tylee was horrendous. And this impact will continue. Tylee will never get to become a mother, as we heard earlier. She will never get, have the opportunity to go to college. She won't get to choose a career to satisfy her curiosity or make any of the other decisions that young adults get to make for themselves. She won't get to travel the world. She won't get to marry. She won't get to be there for her brother Colby or her brother JJ. She won't get to spend time with her other family members. The impact of murder never ends. So the defendant's sentence must last equally as long. I wanna talk about the impact on JJ Vallow. Again, we can't speak to him, but we've seen the evidence. We know that he died from asphyxiation from duct tape and a plastic bag wrapped around his head. The evidence showed there was a struggle. 
And what was the impact on that little boy's mind as he fought for his life? His last moments must have been filled with fear and betrayal. And what is the impact of being buried like a piece of trash rather than receiving a proper burial? This defendant and her co-conspirators showed a callous disregard for human life by the demeaning way they treated his and his sister's bodies. Similar to Tylee, JJ will never get to grow up. He will never be able to reach his potential. He won't spend time with family, friends, and loved ones. What was the impact on Tammy Daybell? This defendant was not charged with the actual murder of Tammy Daybell, but she was charged with the conspiracy to murder her and convicted of such charge. I would note conspiracy is not a lesser included of murder. It is an equal charge. We know that because the sentencing by statute is equal. It is equally as bad to conspire to murder as it is to murder. It's bad enough to steal someone else's spouse. But this crime rose to a whole other level of egregiousness because this defendant planned with her boyfriend the death of his wife. And when her brother and boyfriend committed that actual murder, she was vacationing on a beach in Hawaii. We don't know exactly what Tammy's last moments were like. We can't ask her. We know she had bruising on her body that appeared to be at or near the time of death. Like Tylee, like JJ, the impact on this victim continues. She won't get to spend time with her children. She can't give them advice. She can't be there for her grandchildren, her brothers and her sister. She missed her mother's funeral. The impact doesn't end with the individual and immediate victims. It spreads. It's the proverbial rock thrown in the lake that ripples and ripples and ripples. Murder tears at the fabric of society more than any other crime. Infanticide defies the law of nature. Mothers are meant to care for their children. When we consider the impact of the victim, it's appropriate for this court to consider the impact on the living victims as well. So when we talk about punishment, it has to match the crime. Not only do we need to protect society, do what we can to rehabilitate and deter, the punishment has to match the crime. Punishment must be, because this was the ultimate crime, killing your own children, killing your boyfriend's wife, the punishment must be the ultimate allowed by the law. And at this time, that is life sentences without parole. And we aren't asking that to be harsh. We're asking that because it's the right thing to do, because it's the only punishment that matches what this defendant did. I wanna just briefly address some of the material found in the PSI. Uh, there are two mental health reports, one by Dr. Watson and one by Dr. Cunningham. Cunningham, excuse me. And so what's in them? They say that this defendant suffers from a delusional disorder. She has grandiose and persecutory features, which I would note is something that many serious criminals have. 
says she has hyper-religiosity with bizarre beliefs. More important though than what's in those reports, I wanna talk about what's not in them. These are bare bones reports with barely, thing any, with barely anything more than alleged diagnosis. There's no analysis of her behavior. And that's important to note because psychologically we can tell more from what a person does than what they say. There's zero evidence provided or in those reports the defendant's alleged mental illness contributed to her crimes. There's zero evidence in those reports that the defendant's alleged mental illness hindered her ability to know right from wrong. And in fact, the evidence is overwhelming that she did know right from wrong. She lied to the police, she lied to family members, and she lied to friends regarding the children of Tammy, even their close friends who they shared some of these religious beliefs with. They lied to about the death of the children. And what does that tell us? Well, it tells us that Tylee and JJ didn't die because their mom thought they were possessed. If she truly believed that, she would have preached it because she preached all the time. She didn't tell anyone that because she knew why she killed them. She killed them for money. Her actions show afterwards, not a pattern of grieving. She goes on vacation to Hawaii. She gets married. In those reports, there's zero evidence provided of the defendant's mental state at the time of the crime. And again, all evidence shows that she was highly functioning at the time these crimes were committed. There's no evidence that she wasn't able to provide for her food, clothing, shelter, transportation. Again, she arranged a marriage. She arranged living in Hawaii. Again, and further in these reports, there's no prognosis other than there is one prognosis that states the defendant will make a positive adjustment to prison. Well, that's good because that's where she belongs and that's where she needs to go. Other than that, there's no treatment suggestions or discussion of possible treatment. Again, we'd ask this court to look at the defendant's behavior more than anything she says. At trial, the defense made it clear that they see Chad Daybell as the primary antagonist and that he should be blamed for these crimes and not the defendant. That was in the closing. I wanna be very clear, this court is precluded today from even engaging in any analysis of that. Chad Daybell's guilt has not been determined yet. And this court cannot engage in some type of balancing analysis of guilt when he must be presumed innocent by this court until proven guilty. Upon being proven guilty, we can have that conversation, but not now. And further, even if he had been determined guilty, this defendant was charged with conspiracy. This is not a comparative fault case. On a conspiracy, if you're in for a penny, you're in for a dollar. And there's an important societal uh, reason. There's an important reason that society has done that. It's bad enough when a person decides to commit a crime, especially one that includes victims. When a person teams up with another person and they agree to commit crimes, they become infinitely more dangerous. And so there is no comparative guilt 
there is no comparative liability. This defendant has been found guilty by a jury, and that's all the court can consider in that regards. I would note that this case is a perfect example of why we punish conspiracy the way we do, because of the damage that arose from these agreements to murder. So, Your Honor, for the sentence that the state recommends, before I, before I state that, I, I ask this court to remember the victims and what does justice for Tylee, JJ, and Tammy require? I note that the PSI made a recommendation and it states on January 3rd, 2023, the defendant's attorney filed a motion indicating they did not intend to raise a mental health defense. However, if she was convicted, they plan to submit information in support of mitigation during sentencing. It seems important to note that while she has been diagnosed with a mental illness, she had the mental capacity to fabricate a story regarding the whereabouts of her children, change Tylee's social security payments to her own account, plan a wedding to Mr. Daybell in Hawaii, attend a family vacation with Mr. Daybell's family, lie to them about not having minor children and relocate to Hawaii. She did all this with the knowledge her children's bodies were buried on Mr. Daybell's property. Those closest to the defendant describe her as a loving and devoted mother. They indicate both children loved her very much. A mother is meant to protect her children. However, the defendant has been found guilty of the brutal murder of her children. The focus should be that three innocent people, Tylee, JJ, and Mrs. Daybell were murdered. The sheer devastation of all the lives impacted by her abhorrent actions warrants punishment. Therefore, it is recommended she be sentenced to a period of incarceration under the custody of the Idaho State Board of Correction. As this court is aware, uh, PSI writers don't give specific recommendations for what time uh, an individual should spend in prison, but the state does have that. This court is aware that the state's position has always been that justice requires this defendant face the highest level of punishment for her crimes, which at this point is a life without parole sentence. The heinous nature of her crimes and the aftermath of those crimes show an utter and callous disregard for human life. She committed these crimes for remuneration and financial gain, and she has shown no remorse or accountability, and she sees herself as being above the law. She has shown contempt for these proceedings and the process of justice for her children and for Tammy Daybell. At this time, the again, the ultimate punishment is fixed life sentences without the chance of parole. And so specifically, for count one, for the conspiracy to murder Tyree Ryan and commit grand theft, the state asks and requests a sentence of fixed life without the chance of parole. For count two, the murder of Tyree Ryan, the state requests a sentence of fixed life without the chance of parole to run concurrent with the fixed life sentence for count one. For count three, the conspiracy to murder J.J. Vallow and to commit grand theft by deception, the state requests a sentence of fixed life without the chance of parole to run consecutive to the fixed life sentences for counts one and two. Consecutive sentences are justified here by the severity of the crimes, the fact that it involves different victims, and there was an appreciable amount of time between the murders of Tylee and J.J. For count four, the murder of J.J. Vallow, the state asks for a sentence of fixed life without the chance of parole to run concurrent with the fixed life sentence for count three 
but consecutive to the fixed life sentences for counts one and two. For count five, the conspiracy to murder Tammy Daybell, the state requests a sentence of fixed life without the chance of parole to run consecutive to the fixed life sentences previously requested. And for count seven grand theft, the state requests the full sentence of 20 years. Pursuant to Idaho Code 195307, we, re we request a fine of $5,000 to be paid to the next of kin of Tylee and JJ. I would note that 19, Idaho Code 19-5307 includes a list of crimes, violent crimes for which that payment to a victim may be uh, granted. And it includes murder, but does not include conspiracy to commit murder. However, we'd also note that under Idaho code, the punishment for murder is the same as the punishment, or I'm sorry, the punishment for conspiracy is the same for the punishment to commit murder. And so we'd ask for a $5,000 fine be paid to the next of kin of Tammy Daybell. We'd ask for an order of restitution to the United States of America Treasury in the amount of $22,545, which amount was proven at trial to be the amount that was stolen from the Department of Treasury. I would note, Your Honor, compared to these other crimes, a grand theft does not seem like a big deal. But I would note that in context of these crimes, this grand theft is a big deal. It shows her contempt, not only for her children, it shows her contempt for everybody else because that money belongs to everyone. Finally, pursuant to Idaho Code 18-112, we would ask for fines of $50,000 for each count of conspiracy and murder for a total of $250,000 in fines. The state has essentially asked for the maximum sentence allowed under the law. The sentence is not only justified, it is necessary to satisfy the four goals of sentencing in Idaho. A sentence less than what the state has requested will not satisfy those goals. And I want to end, Your Honor, where I began. What is the value of a life? What is the value of Tylee Ryan's life? What is the value of J.J. Vallow's life? And what is the value of Tammy Daybell's life? Our communities and the people we represent, the value is great, it is immense, and it is immeasurable. No sentence given today will bring those victims back to their loved ones. There is no true justice for murder, so we have to do the best we can. And any sentence that would allow this defendant to even hope for release from prison would send a message that these communities don't value the victims' lives appropriately. Again, in regarding the goals of sentencing, where you, we request this court make its decision pursuant to those goals and through the lens of what justice requires for Tylee, JJ, and Tammy. These crimes were heinous, they were egregious. Again, she murdered her own children. They had a right to depend on her. Tylee and JJ had a right to be protected by her. She betrayed their trust in the most awful and horrific way imaginable. She profited from those murders. 
defendant conspired to murder the boyfriend's wife wasn't enough to steal or to break the marriage. She wanted Tammy dead. And why? Well, there were $430,000 that they profited from from that. And so what does justice for Tylee, JJ, and Tammy require? It requires that this defendant never have a chance for freedom because her victims no longer have that. This defendant forfeit the remainder of her life to prison because her victims were forced to forfeit their lives. What is the value of a life? Thank you. All right, Mr. Wood, there was just one point of clarification I wanted to have on the grand theft recommendation. Uh, you recommended a 20-year sentence on that, and I just wanted to clarify, I believe the maximum possible under Idaho's grand theft statute is 14 years. That's correct, Your Honor. I apologize. It is 14 years. We would ask for the maximum 14 years. All right. Thank you, Mr. Wood. Oh, Your Honor? Yes. Uh, we'd like to double check that. I think it might have changed. Uh, Your Honor, I believe that has been changed to 20 years. And I think is that only if it's by extortion? I think there may be a limitation. I'll, I'll double check, counsel and allow the defense to comment on that as well when they have their opportunity to speak. All right, we'll consider the recommendations of the state submitted at this time. Um, I'm gonna take a mid morning break at this point. We do have a court reporter that has to take down all of this verbatim, which is a large task and others may need to use the restroom. Uh, I'll note that given all of the people here, the uh, facilities we have that it will take some time. So I'll plan on a 30 minute recess and then I'll have the defense if they're ready to make their recommendations after the recess. Is that all right, Mr. Thomas? Yes, Your Honor. Okay, we'll take our recess then and we'll continue with the recommendations of the defense after break. All right. Well, and let well, me there just indicate we'll have the audience and those in the gallery please wait while we have the defendant escorted out for security purposes. Once the bailiffs have given you the word that it's okay to exit the courtroom, you can do that, but please remain where you are until that. All righty. Well, that gives us a minute to talk. Whew. That was a lot. Yeah. Yes. That was a lot. Really wow. a lot. Damn, Rob Wood. Woo. Yeah. What a star. Rob, Rob rocked it. He did. So did all of the victim impact statements. Really powerful yeah. things. And wow, John Thomas, what a way to make yourself look like a total dick. Seriously, what is the point? Right, especially because he's talking to the judge. The judge knows what he can consider and what he can't consider. You know, this is not a jury that needs instruction 
total bullshit. Yeah. 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 You're right. The, the jail suit is not pretty. The orange and white stripes and the orange jandals and the big white tube socks. (laughs) Not cute. Not cute. Definitely fitting though. Very fitting, because that's all she'll get to wear for the rest of her life. And that is exactly what she deserves. Too bad they don't shave the women's heads, only the men. Right. I know that is kind of too bad. Um, the, I mean, the recommendations aren't surprising to me from the defense I, or from the prosecution. No. I figured they were going to def- recommend the max on everything. Yeah, I'll be for sure. Surprised if she doesn't get the max on everything because of yeah. the aggravated nature of her crimes. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, can we talk about this? Oh, yeah. Do you mean the objections, Phyllis? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pointless, ridiculous. And yes, it's got to be a thousand degrees in that courtroom. But oh, man. seriously, Thomas appears to be unwell. His color, nobody is fiddling as much as he is, dabbing at their face, itching, squirming. He seems really, really physically uncomfortable. Yeah, um, he really does. But they all look bad. Like, Lori is usually writing and sort of whispering to her attorneys and giggling and flipping her hair and stuff. Not today, mm-hmm. man. She And that, so let me tell you, in that courtroom... Because we've been in there many times in in person with Lori. Um, The chair that she is sitting in is shorter than the chairs that her attorneys are sitting in. For some reason, that table has one chair that's smaller. So she always sits in it and then she hunches and then she backs up. So she's kind of behind her attorneys and then she'll sort of lean toward one of them. She wasn't actually hugging her lawyer, but she was leaning as close to him as she could get. Mm-hmm. Very typical behavior for her yep. in other hearings that we have been to. This is what she does. Uh-huh. Tries, especially if it's anything that's confrontational. She will make herself as small and as she can and basically try to disappear behind those attorneys. Yeah. She was definitely playing that game today. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, and one of you noticed or pointed out that maybe she's mad at Archibald. Because she usually cuddles up to Archibald. And the only Mm -hmm. times we have seen her not snuggling up next to him is when she was pissed off at him. Yes. Yeah. When we first started going in person, when they stopped streaming these, what, six, eight Mm -hmm. months ago? Mm -hmm. uh, She was, would absolutely ignore Thomas. She would sit with her back to him. She would stand with her back to him and just flirt with and visit with uh, Archibald in between you know, the hearing moments and stuff, she mostly didn't give him the time of day. Mm-mm. But no. if Archibald says something she doesn't like, it. uh-huh, then she's mad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then she cuddles up to Thomas. Yeah. Right, Cranky. She's probably still mad that uh, Archibald uh, called Chad's book stupid. <laughs> that was a pretty epic moment in the closing yeah. statements of the trial. Um, that I I really, uh, the the last... Uh, time that Thomas objected, the way that the judge <laughs> looked at him, I'm quite sure he had been told to shut the hell up and stop doing that. And it sure seemed like he it. still did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a jackass. I mean, you just want to make 
you just want to look worse in this moment. Like the, the judge knows what's admissible as far as, you know, this case is concerned and not, he's the one who set the rules. So, yeah. but I think Kay had every right to start with Charles's murder because that's where this began for them. Sure. And that's where the isolation from JJ began. And, you know, all of the shit that happened leading up to them finding out he's missing and then finding out he's dead, you know, it started with Charles being murdered. Oh, definitely. Just definitely. That starts the story. Of course, she should have got to talk about that. Yeah. They're just still salty about, uh, you know, what is it? Rule. Uh, <laughs> it should be emblazoned in my brain. But, yeah. you know, they're, they're still mad about mm -hmm. the trial and the fact that all of the Charles stuff made it in. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yes. I well, loved that Kay said that Lori used her body. Yeah. She sure did. You bet she did, buddy. Rule 14. Yep. Yeah. Oh, but, thanks. you know, uh, that golden vagina is, it's, I think it's actually turned green like the Statue of Liberty. You know, it's not <laughs> just tarnished. Now it's got a layer of green over top of it. It's not working anymore. And she does. She looks haggard and old and there's nothing uh pretty about her now mm -mm. nothing actually do you guys want to hear a hilarious irony guess who showed mm. up at the courthouse this morning with trays of breakfast for everybody that slept over last night the rusty taco the rusty taco the actual rusty taco restaurant <laughs> <laughs> yeah 404b oh, colleen that's, that's right thank you yes um oh my gosh that is hilarious yeah i had yes, no the rusty idea. taco uh kindly showed up with food to feed everyone and i was dead when i saw that because uh that's just been an ongoing joke with us <laughs> yeah well yeah, yeah. it has because <laughs> that is absolutely the best mm-hmm True. And how he also said that uh Charles was more attractive than Chad. Yep, he did. And definitely richer than Chad. Uh, more successful. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. That is so funny. I know, Crystal. I think we have all been sitting here shedding tears, listening to those stories, listening to the stories about JJ's birth and everything that Kay and Larry went through to keep that child alive mm -hmm. and then entrusted him to Lori and Charles never guessing that it would go this direction, you know? Right. Of course. Yeah. 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 It's heartbreaking. Well, and, and Colby, Colby's, you know, statement of his family is gone. His family is destroyed. Oh, completely. You know, yeah. and some of you guys had commented on, uh, you know, the fact that Summer and Colby weren't in court didn't make their statements and i want to comment on that just a little bit as well uh some of you had said we, we really should honor summer's privacy and yeah i disagree to some degree i see both sides of it but i'm horrified that none of them found it pertinent to stand in that courtroom and represent tylee we could have heard about Tylee's mm. birth. We could have heard about everything that Tylee loved and liked and her friends and her life. She could have been represented the way JJ was. And and bless Kay, because she tried. She gave us what she, she could did. of Tylee. But I still feel like that is wildly unfair. 
well, to Tyler. Well, Tylee was failed by the adults around her so many times. So many and times. She was failed again today. I, I don't care what anyone else says. And I agree that this is extremely hard and it's awful and it's unfair to the family. But that ship sailed three years ago. And it's yeah. awful. But Tylee deserved that. She deserved somebody to she stand did. up in that courtroom and speak on her behalf. Stand up and speak for her. Annie should have been. If they couldn't or wouldn't, yep, they should have let Annie do it. That's period. I understand Colby. I fully understand Colby. I do too. And here's kind of a conspiracy theory. You know, drag me if you want. But why is Summer's statement confidential? Yeah. Is she advocating for Lori? Is that what this is about? I'm going to suspect yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to suspect, yes, that in this moment she's decided to advocate for her sister. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yep. And maybe the letter is both. It's yep. possible the letter is both speaking for Tylee and advocating for her sister. So yep. many people have come forward and said, this is not who Lori is. And for so long, this isn't who Lori was. I don't yep. believe that. I don't agree with them. I think Lori's been very good at covering her bullshit, yeah. but the history is there, but the family doesn't want that to, um, you know, be the, the public picture. No. But so many of them say, well, you know, she was so wonderful. Even Kay says that, mm -hmm. but, but was she, because of the, the things we've heard about the way that she manipulated Tylee mm -hmm. and all the stuff she put Tylee through over the custody battle with Joe Ryan and, and Joe Ryan. Yeah, what she put Joe and Ryan Joe through. Ryan yeah. himself. Yeah. Yeah. I just, the, the history is definitely there that this didn't just start with Chad. Chad just amplified it. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, Kay did. She tried. Rob did too. Rob did a better job advocating for Tylee today than anybody else did. Yeah. And that did. has to be appreciated. And frankly, so did Tammy's family. Yes, they did. I really appreciated their comments, not just about Tammy, but also about the kids. Yes, I did too, because yeah, God, you know, and, and I'm so glad that, that Tammy had family there, you know, considering that her own children aren't there. Yeah. I yeah. just, I, I just don't get it. It's so damn hard to understand. And I know, I'm sure that this has everything to do with Ch Chad's trial. Oh, I'm sure. But I mean, to not advocate for their own mother is just... It's just yep. horrifying. So for smiling and anybody else that's just uh, wandering in, <laughs> so far we have heard the victim's impact statements. We've heard from Rob Wood. We're on a 30-minute break right now waiting for uh, court to come back, and then we will hear from the defense. Yeah. Uh, they, we, there was kind of a tease that not. Lori may speak. I'm seriously doubting it, but hell. After what would surprise After anyone today? Shredded by the by the victim impact statements. I really doubt it. But I mean, what's she gonna say? But she hasn't said anything this entire time. So I can't imagine she says anything now. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we caught the luminous. We knew yes. it would show up at least once. Mm hmm. The, yeah, the impact statements were fantastic. Uh, the objections were mind-boggling but they were fantastic and even these especially tammy's family with all the objections that they managed to get their 
you know, bearings back together and go on and still say what they wanted to say. Yeah. Very proud of them. No, uh, Tammy's family was represented by uh, her sister, Sam, and her aunt, uh, Vicky. And Sam also read a statement from dad. Yeah. yeah. And then Kay spoke on behalf of JJ and Rob Wood wrote a letter, or sorry, read a letter that was written by Colby. And it was all good. And, you know, it, it, it definitely had impact on the judge. Yeah. He's been taking notes appear, the entire day. He has, you know, and, and Boyce is a very careful, measured, detail-oriented judge. Mm -hmm. I, I have appreciated about that about him from the beginning. And who spoke before Kay? It was, was uh, Vicki Hogan. Yeah. And, yep. Um, some people feel like they saw Lori crying when Kay was discussing the adoption. Uh, I don't know. Was she? I couldn't decide if she was or I, if she was just wiping at her I face. I blew my screen up and I didn't think it was actual crying. Yeah. But she's known for, you know, using a Kleenex here and there to sort of appear as though she's crying. I'm sure that's true, uh, Ginger Roo. I'm sure that... Boyce has got to have a 99.9% uh, decision already made about how he's going to rule. For this sure. is mostly just for uh, pomp and circumstance today, but yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they did. They did a great job, but I don't think that the judge necessarily even needed that because the trial did the same, you know, and to see the yeah. impact on these families, like to see the impact on Colby. Mm -hmm. the only living member of his family. Yep. Like, that's heartbreaking. Yep. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. Yes, agreed, Poppet. Uh, I love seeing, or Kay saying, I'm taking the power back today. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a lot of what victims impact statements are. Your opportunity, you know. You come into court. You show up constantly for all of these hearings, all this stuff as, as family members, and you're not allowed to say anything. In fact, you, your decorum is under strict, uh, you know, rules. And even though I'm sure, and we've seen this in court before where a father or somebody, you know, dove over the partition to try and get at the defendant. I mean, it's very, very hard for these family members to sit through these things and oh, not man. get, um, you know, get emotional. And it, it, that's a huge ask, honestly. So it to is. get to say what they needed to say today, I'm sure it's extremely satisfactory for Kay. And while I absolutely believe that Larry should have also been allowed to give a victim's impact statement, believe you me, he'll be giving it as soon as this is over on the courthouse steps. He will. He will. And yeah. so will Annie, I hope. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I hope she's given that opportunity. She needs it. Yeah. Do we think Lori's still involved in the, the cult? Yeah, Lori is the cult. So, yes. Mm -hmm. And word on the street from the jail is that she spends a great deal of her time reading the scriptures and filling notebooks upon notebooks upon notebooks of writing. Yeah. Can you imagine the bonkers bullshit in those notebooks? Oh, Jesus Christ. Just I can't for, even you know, them. scientific purposes. I hope somebody gets them and to evaluate them. Someone who, you know, can understand them. Uh, forensically yeah. and psychologically, I think it would be really interesting to know mm -hmm. what she's writing. Yeah. 
Is it illegal for a wife to testify against the husband? So not in this case for two reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, in Idaho, you cannot take spousal immunity if the case involves the injury to a child. Uh, but secondly, the kids were actually murdered before those two were married. And so it doesn't apply anyway. Yeah, so they have no spousal privilege. You know. Yep. Yeah. Right. Drawing circles, hearts in it. Mrs. Chad Daybell. That's probably. Right. That's oh, a thing. On, I don't know Samantha. if you all. Go ahead. Oh, yes. Well, I don't know if you all. I don't know if anyone else does this, but but old Mormons women would refer to themselves as Mrs. and their husband's first and last name. Oh, good Lord. Our, our grandmas did it until it would just absolutely infuriate our mom. Someone would yeah. ask their name, Mrs. Richard Brower. My mom would be like, no, it's not. <laughs> what is your name? Yeah. You have yeah. a name. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. So when that. you were looking someone up, like in the phone book back in the olden days, you often had to look them up by their husband's first name their last name and their husband's first name, not theirs because their name would not be listed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chad's trial is at this point in the spring of 2024. If there's not a plea by then, and I am just really going to die on the hill that there will be. I, I am too. I really think that, and especially after seeing the outcome of today, mm -hmm. you our know, understanding is it's being discussed as we speak. But yeah. that, um, you know, prior, uh, you know, wants the moon and the prosecution's like, bro, we just got everything we wanted. Why would we give you anything? The only right. thing Chad will be able to do is get the death penalty off the table. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. They're not. If he wanted to plea for more than that. He would have had to do it before Lori's trial and take the stand. Otherwise, he's gotten nothing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he doesn't. And if she gets the maximum here, which we think she will, uh, I mean, what's the purpose of going to trial mm -hmm. other than just to feed his ego and the ego of his attorney? Yeah. Which that's that's a big ask. Yeah, I loved it every time they they shredded Chad or shredded Lori. It was great. Mm -hmm. and I'm hoping that the judge gets will do that as well. A lot of times the sentencing, the judge will speak for a significant amount of time to the defendant for their first opportunity, really, to tell them exactly what they think of them and what they've done. And I think we're going to hear that today. Yeah. Samantha, when she said, the walls of the jail are not going to fall down and release you. No hey. are coming to rescue you. Thank you, Samantha. Yes. Exactly. Let's Samantha. remove just a little delusion here because who the hell knows what Lori still thinks is going to happen. Right. Because boy, that arrogance is still dripping right off of her. Well, it is. And that's why I'm very curious about whether or not she'll speak because that's all that's going to come out unless she says a bunch of trite I'm sorry's, which she may try. I don't think it's going to do her any good you think she can like you think I, she can choke know. those words out i don't know she hasn't been able to so far she hasn't been able to speak on her own behalf so far at all and i'm sure a lot of that has been fear that she's going to say stuff that makes it worse not better yeah i'm sure um, 
who is worse, Lori Vallow or Casey Anthony? Lori Vallow. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If we thought that Thomas was bad, Pryor's going to be a million times worse. So oh, true. He is. He is. If the, if there is in fact a plea, that's my only. That's my only sad part of that is that we won't get to see what a jackass he is in court because he will be. Mm -hmm. I know I want her to speak really bad too. I get that. I, it, we all would like to hear something out of this bitch, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know though. As shredded as she was by those victim statements, I don't know that she will. Cause it sounded like that may happen, but it wasn't a for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Jo Joelle, she might be able to say, I'm sorry you're hurt. Yeah. I'm sorry you feel hurt by whatever, you know? Yeah. That's going to be pretty much the best apology sure. she'd be able to uh, eke out, but I just, I can't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that too. Uh, when Rob Wood said, um, they said she would adjust well to prison. That's good because that's where she belongs. She will. She'll just form her own little court, her own little cult in prison, her little mean girl cult. Mm -hmm. I love the way Rob can uh, throw some shade and some digs in with being also being completely professional and never breaking stride. <laughs> He's so good. Yeah, he is. He's so good. And so is Lindsay Blake to the degree that I, it scares me that they won't be here a whole lot longer because they'll get snapped up by bigger firms or, you know, unless they just Especially really want to stay in the small town feel, but they both could, they could leave here and do much bigger things after this trial. But they I hope could. they stay. They've really, I really hope they stay. Shown their, shown their skills, that's for sure. They have. But then again, maybe this case, and of course, Chad's, no one's going anywhere until Chad is done. But uh, yeah. I wonder if for both of them, it made them go, I'm so grateful for our small town where most of these things don't ever happen, you know? Well, I liked that point that he made. And I, there's a part of me that says, Ooh, don't say that because things like that do happen here. They have, this is one case. There are yeah. others, but I do also appreciate, you know, I was, mm -hmm. what I said in the chat was that this is what, um, don't try that in a small town actually means not that racist yeah. bullshit from Jason Aldean, mm -hmm. but, what it means is, you know, we're going to go after you hard. You hurt children in our community. We're not putting up with that bullshit. You know, yeah, we're not going to shut up about it. We're not going to allow it. Yeah. Yeah. Our understanding is that she's going to go to the Pocatello women's prison. Now, I don't think anybody really knows for certain, but that was what was, has yeah. been thrown around is that that's actually where she'll be uh, remanded to, but she might not be here very long right. because, Arizona says that as soon as she's sentenced, they are charging her or officially uh, charging her and extraditing or, you know, a filing to extradite her, which if it goes as fast as it sounded like they wanted it to, she might only be in Idaho for a couple more weeks and she could be out of here. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. Crystal, her, her mean goal, mean girl, uh, prison cult. Definitely. Uh, she's not going to testify against Chad. No way in hell. Yeah. I don't think so either. She's had many, 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 many opportunities to turn on him and never has and is now convicted. I don't think there's any way in hell she'll speak against him. Mm -mm. If she speaks today, it's because she wants to get some digs on Kay, period. Mm -hmm. She hates yeah. Kay with the fires of a thousand suns. She does. 
Right. I've wondered that too, Christy. Christy says, I wonder if defense attorneys are trying to talk Lori out of speaking during this break. You know, speak, don't speak. I don't think it is going to change the outcome of the judge's decision at all. Nah. We know who she is. Mm-hmm. He knows who she is. For sure. Is it possible yeah. Chad is watching this? Yeah, it is. He mm-hmm. probably is. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was curious to know if Pryor's in the courtroom. I haven't seen a single person say that he was spotted. I, yeah, and I blew up the um, the image on the, on my screen trying to see, and I couldn't see him, but... I mean, it's packed so tight in there. I cannot imagine how hot it is in that room because it was hot in there in the spring when we were at, yeah. at, hearing, at hearings in there in the spring with maybe yeah. 10 or 15 people in the audience. Mm-hmm. And now that courtroom is packed as heavily as it can be. It's mm-hmm. going to be so hot in there. That's why John Thomas looks like shit. <laughs> He's yeah. cooking. Yeah, it's got to be absolutely awful in there. Thank you, uh, uh, Ginger Roo. Yes, our super chat oh, is on you. in YouTube. Of course, tips are always appreciated. You can also go to truecrimesquad.com. There's a way to buy us a coffee or to send us a tip through PayPal as well. And we do appreciate yeah. it because we do. We have dedicated hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours to this case. Mm-hmm. And it, it does feel odd to me that we <clears> are <throat> finally at this point, you know? Yeah. It felt like we were never going to get to the end of one of these trials. Right. Yeah. And I just feel like one of these days we're going to wake up to some groundbreaking news that uh, a plea has been reached with Chad. I really do think that's true. But we'll I, I think so. be keeping a close eye. I, I have a prediction that a lot of the uh, intense uh, energy on this case will dissipate now with Lori being convicted. And mm-hmm. that a lot of people will drop it now that it's just Chad and just report from the periphery. Uh, but we will not. We'll be there. Uh, we'll go to yeah, every we'll... hearing in St. Anthony. You know, we'll we'll still completely represent this part of it because it's just as important, maybe more. But uh, I do think that we'll see a lot of the intense coverage on this case start to dissipate uh, nationally with yeah. the conclusion of Lori. Yeah. Yeah. But we're staying on it, man, because he deserves absolutely as much as she's getting. So, yeah, we, we want to see that happen, too. Yeah. Hey, Emma, so glad you're here. Yeah. Yeah, it was very hard to see what Lori's reactions were to a lot of things. Um, when this is over, I'm going to make us some clips where we cut yeah. just, just down to Lori so that we can see her reaction with some of the audio. Because it is very hard to see because of the way that she's hiding behind her attorneys but i've seen her do this several times in that courtroom in that little chair hunched down and then back pushed back and sort of to the side behind one or the other of her attorneys Mm -hmm. thank you kathleen we sure appreciate it right nobody it well here's the thing she's very good Lori is very good at praising and um making women who have very poor self-esteem feel important mm-hmm. and she's going to be in a prison full of them and that's where i think we'll see her pull in her little acolytes that will then be her lackeys i think she won't have any problem doing that once people sort of get over who she is 
um, you know, initially she's going to be hated, but over time that's going to settle. And I think that she will find that she will find that she's using other women to get what she needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody asked uh, earlier if Mark means has tweeted at all today. No. Little Marky means has completely quit commenting on this case, which makes me think he was warned that he better. Because there for a while, he couldn't shut the F up about it. He just kept commenting. He was all over East Idaho News, commenting, commenting, commenting with all of his dumbass opinions. That is completely stopped. Do you think that's why he has let his Idaho law license expire? Is because he was still under threat in Idaho because he was still licensed in Idaho. So maybe. maybe that's why he let that license um, expire. Because once he's no longer licensed as an attorney, he's just commenting as a private citizen. Right. I'll bet right. you. Yeah, because we did learn last week that he has allowed his, uh, yeah, his Idaho law license to lapse. He's not an attorney in Idaho anymore. Which, yay, that's a win for us. Yeah. Um, is Lori charged with Charles's death? Not yet. But Arizona is just waiting for her to be sentenced and they are then going to charge her in conspiracy to commit murder of Charles. Yeah. They've made that very clear. They're just waiting um, to uh, for her to be sentenced. You know what? She doesn't keep the gray out of her hair. It is absolutely there. It's just that she's a blonde and you can't really see it. But when we've been up close in the courtroom with her, you can see it. It's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, well, Amber, next time you come, say hello to us so we can have lunch, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's Definitely. see. I want to show you. If you some happen pictures. to see us in court, please talk to us. Yeah. We would love to talk to you. So there is one uh, still photographer allowed in court today. So East Idaho News has been sharing some of their photos. So I will share them with you. So our hero, Rob Wood. Yeah. Who has probably aged considerably loved, yeah. over the last three years. I think he has. He looks like this has taken a bit of a toll. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there's a little just for men in that beard. Right? <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> but you're a rock star, Rob. We love you. Absolutely. Larry. Oh, Larry. Larry has aged. And so has Kay. Yes. They have both aged considerably. Mm-hmm. This was after Kay gave her statement. As you can see, lots of, during Kay's statement, I don't know if you can see the crowd very well, but lots of tears, lots of people wiping their eyes. Uh, During Tammy's family stuff, too. And then this fool marching into court. Look at that little smug. Looking all smug. She's so gross, man. Gross. Mm Mm-hmm. And look at Archibald's face like, Jesus, I cannot wait for this shit to be over. Yep. Yeah, I'm sure they're both so done with this. Also, this bailiff, I don't know her name, but she, or I don't know if she's a bailiff or if she's an officer, but she's the real OG, man. She has been the one transporting this asshole for the last three years, back and forth yeah. into this courtroom, back and forth into this courtroom. I'll bet she also is so sick of Lori, she could just scream. All bet. Uh, yeah, Sarah, no sentence yet. We're on break. And then we will get second sentence recommendation from the defense and possibly a statement from Lori. We've been debating. They said it's a possibility, but we don't know for sure. So that's kind of where we're at. So victim impact statements have been given 
and sentencing recommendation from the prosecution was maximum sentences across the board, which would be multiple sentences of life without the possibility of parole. Mm-hmm. And Rob Wood gave the uh, the victims, or sorry, gave, gave, well, he did read Colby's victim impact statement, but he gave mm-hmm. the uh, prosecution's recommendations. I believe it is uh, Archibald speaking on behalf of the defense. It should be because Thomas looks like he's about to tip over. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm quite sure they said it was Archibald earlier, but. They did, yeah. But Rob absolutely rocked it, Sarah. You should go listen to it or watch it. It is so good. So good. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Christine. <laughs> my daughter Emma had put her name and pick on my channel. Darn kids. <laughs> you know, oh. I can't tell you how many Facebook messages I have received from Katie that were actually from her daughter Mars. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Facebook status updates too. Although we've uh-huh. done that to Katie several times. She she when we worked, when we used to have our store, she had a real tendency to leave her Facebook wide open and walk away from her computer. And it was real tempting. Mm-hmm. Lots of times. Right? Yeah, that bailiff wants to kick the back of Lori C. Oh, I'll bet. She's the one that has to walk through so the bathroom every time. And oh, I can only mm-hmm. imagine. What are we drinking today? today? Nothing. Coffee. My coffee is empty. <laughs> I got a huge coffee. So, also, do you like my do you like my mug? Nobody knows I'm gay. Uh, it's I'm cute. Not yeah, transmitting it to like 300 you're, people on the internet right now. You're not hiding in plain sight. No, it's probably fine. not. Yeah, I know, Kathy. I agree. I would like to hear her because she has never spoken anything. All mm-hmm. we've got to listen to are some dumb podcasts. Um, of hers we don't we want to hear what she has to say I just will be surprised after all that yes Brandy it's true she looks very orange yet Cheeto blush and lipstick (laughs) maybe or only the orange colored pencil still had color in it I don't know (laughs) yeah she looks bad also the the drawn on eyebrows not good. She obviously is one of those uh, women like a lot of us in the early uh, 2000s that that uh, plucked our eyebrows too much and now don't have a lot left. I still have some, but I had a lot bigger eyebrow than I do now. <laughs> ah, Chris Lynn, I'm from Scotland and on holiday in Turkey. Thank you for the live follow the case from the start. Much love to you, ladies. Well, welcome. We're so glad you're here. It's wonderful to have you here. And I hope oh, you're having back. a wonderful holiday. Oh, it's time. Let's go. Let's let's bring that up. Nobody's talking yet, but okay. Well, we're back in the we're back in the courtroom. Watch closely. Yeah. Yeah, Orange she should have been on prison like... TikTok, right? Good good point, Kenzie. She would have known what to do. Right. We had a friend who went to prison for a uh, time. And when she got out, she told us some hilarious things about prison. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We used to like to sit down and just say, okay, tell us some more stories about being in prison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> told us some doozies. Mm-hmm. Most and of all of her included, recipes. Uh, yes, the prison recipes were interesting. Also, the way to, uh, if you worked in the kitchen, the way to find favor with other people is to sneak out packets of sugar. But there was one way to sneak out packets of sugar. Yeah. And it came in the form of your V-purse. Yeah. She said what you do is you cooch it. 
<laughs> yeah, like, pooched it. That was the word. Oh, that now's making an appearance. Like a bad idea. Oh, there's Miss Nelly. <laughs> okay, you're done. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mars. <laughs> I texted out for a lemonade. <laughs> right, orange is the new golden JJ. Yeah, apparently that was how you could find favor with all the other women is that you you pr could provide them with extra sugar mm -hmm. <laughs> from the vapors. Yeah. But but all the re the recipes, things they'd figured out how to make with what they had available to them was mm -hmm. pretty interesting. And she said that you just put tapatio on everything. So everything's just hot as hell. And then you don't have to worry about the fact that it tastes like shit. Mm -hmm. So it was how you could eat the food. Yes. So you just make everything super hot. Yep. <laughs> Cooch is not a verb. <laughs> right? Yeah. It is not. Although it has become one, apparently. She <laughs> about fainted when she told us that story. Mm -hmm. Also, hopefully you don't spring a leak in that. Because if you do, you're in for a rough couple of weeks. Right? Yeah, dry ramen. They had all kinds of things that they could do with dry ramen. Yes. Right, Ashley? She never had enough sugar with all those sugar daddies. Yeah. Well, she's about to get some real reality, too, because she's been living in the, the cushiest jail around. Madison County is known as mm -hmm. a real cushy women's jail with really good. They All their food is homemade. Mm -hmm. uh, and, like, it's it's a pretty nice place. And, well, and they get things uh, like bacon and biscuits and gravy and, you know, mm -hmm. food that most of the jails don't provide. Chad's living on Hot Pockets over here. I mean, right. you know, she's, and that, yeah. And so will Lori when she heads to prison. It's not going to be, mm -hmm. it's going to be a big, big wake up, maybe. Mm -hmm. If you can wake her up. I don't know. Yeah. I think that her delusion is so deep. Yeah. Because if she ever was able to acknowledge what she did, I don't know that she would survive it. Yeah. I think that's that this true. Is Madison is more a, Mayberry jail. Yes. Yes, it is. It is. Because this is a little place. Though there was but actually I, a murder on the men's side not too long ago. Two inmates beat uh, another inmate to death. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, we're waiting, we're just, Taylor. We're waiting. They brought the stream back up, but they're not actually, the judge isn't back yet. Mm -hmm. She will have to be isolated for a while, uh, Sherry, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. and, and agreed. She will have men sending her money. I was explaining this to my family last night. I said, I'll bet people are already sending her letters and trying to put money on her books. And oh, Chad yeah. too. Brian Koberger's got women coming out of the woodwork that want to marry him for fuck's sake. Yeah. Yeah. It is so sick. Yeah. She just got Kleenexes. Right. Yeah. yeah it's hot that. as hell in there. Yeah. She, she likes to, she likes to fake um, crying too. There's been quite a bit of that. Mm-hmm over the time yeah but yeah she'll absolutely have yep she'll have sugar daddies without a doubt there are I know, crazy it's... people in this world that love criminals love them mm -hmm. i know it's the strangest thing to me all these women that love men who murder women who rape and murder women they're gonna they're gonna save them you know they would mm -hmm. never do that to me only all the other women they, you know, did it to. Oh, judge is coming back. Okay, we'll, we'll get, get out of here. Yes, we will.